brightly colored pencils, still long and flat-tipped. Slim, crisp-edged folders. Smooth, rubber-scented pink erasers. A 64-count box of crayons. The supply list called for a 24-count box, but Mom knew that this just would not do. And four spiral-bound notebooks, each a different color. School had always been a mixture of pleasure and pain for Callie. She loved the smell of school, the dusty smell of old books and chalk. She loved the crunch of fall leaves beneath her new shoes as she walked to the bus stop. And she loved her teachers, every single one. But Callie knew that adults would gather in school conference rooms to discuss her. Principal, psychologists, speech and language clinicians, special education and regular education teachers, behavior disorder teachers, school counselors, social workers. Why won't Callie speak? Callie knew there were many phrases used to try to describe her. Mentally challenged, autistic, on the spectrum, oppositional defiant, a selective mute. She was, in fact, quite bright. She could read and understand books several grade levels above her own. In kindergarten, Miss Monroe, her energetic first-year teacher, whose straight brown hair and booming bass voice belied her pretty sorority girl looks, thought that Callie was just shy. Callie's name didn't come up to the Solution Focus Education team until December of Callie's kindergarten year. And that didn't occur until the school nurse, Mrs. White, after handing Callie a clean pair of socks, underwear, and sweatpants for the second time in one week, discovered an unsettling pattern in Callie's visits to the health office. Didn't you tell anyone you needed to use the restroom, Callie? Mrs. White asked in her low, kind voice. No response. Just Callie's usual wide-eyed, flat expression gazing back at her. Go on into the restroom and change your clothes, Callie, the nurse instructed. Make sure to wash yourself the best that you can. Flipping through her meticulous log documenting the date and time of each child's visit to the health office, the ailment noted in her small, tight script, sore throats, belly aches, scratches, bee stings. Callie's name was notated nine times since August 29, the first day of school. Next to each entry, the initials UA for urinary accident. Mrs. White turned to Miss Monroe, who escorted Callie to the office. Michelle, this is Callie's ninth bathroom accident this school year, Mrs. White paused, allowing Miss Monroe to respond. Silence. Does she go when the other kids do? I don't know, Miss Monroe replied, her voice tumbling under the bathroom door to where Callie was stepping out of her soiled clothing. I'm not sure. She gets plenty of chances to go, and she can always ask. Well, I'm going to call her mom and recommend that she take Callie to the doctor. See if all this isn't just a bladder infection or something else. Mrs. White responded in her cool, efficient manner that few questioned. Meanwhile, let her use the restroom whenever she wants. Send her in anyway, even if she doesn't need to. Okay, 
but she can always ask. Miss Monroe turned and retreated. Callie silently stepped from the office restroom, garbed in a dry pair of pink sweatpants that pooled around her feet and sagged at her rear. In one hand, she held a plastic grocery sack that contained her soaked strawberry shortcake underwear, jeans, socks, and pink and white tennis shoes. The index finger of her other hand absently twirled her chestnut-colored hair. Mrs. White bent down to Callie's eye level. Do you have gym shoes to put on, Callie? Callie looked down at her toes, now clad in dingy office-issued athletic socks, so worn she could see the peachy flesh of her big toe and the vamp red nail polish her mother had dabbed on each pearly toenail the night before. Callie, Mrs. White repeated, do you have gym shoes to put on?